Wardcast episode 171. Go. I'm Del Vento. It's the second night of MAGFest. Amanda Hudgens is here. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. That's good to hear. I'm present. <laughs> present and present accounted and for. Present accounted for. That's good. Also joining us, Adam Schroeder. Howdy. Also from uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Yep, that's us. And then John Meister. Yep. Hello. How's, how's it going? Good. It's good to hear. How's How's Magfest from the from the game dev side? It's going well. We've got like Magfest things happening. It's I like this show. It's loud and it's twenty four hours, and I design games that can usually run for twenty four hours. So it's really nice to just have people playing it all the time. And people always tell me that my games are better when people are drunk, so... <laughs> Woo! Magfest! It's, it's tiring, it's loud, and it's 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> I did. We have slightly different versions on that same day. I think I walked by the Mivs area last night, and yeah, mm-hmm. people were pounding on the... Oh, no, they will. ...on the Centen table. It's yeah. a loud boy. It's a loud boy. It is. Um, well, you brought up some, uh, some baby castles talk before we started going. Oh, baby castles. So... Oh, oh. Precious baby castles. Tell me what baby castles has wrought. Okay, well, so baby castles is the New York sort of collective of game developers and designers, and I love them. They're great. Um, they have brought a um, tiny wooden structure that they built yesterday, like on the show floor while the show was running, which they um. do, and um, it has a ceiling fan in it. Mm-hmm. And the goal of the game is you take like these pieces of articles of clothing and also balls and you throw them at the ceiling fan and you get points for hitting the ceiling fan okay that's the game how how is it well, digital in any way oh or yeah it... no the bulb where the bulb would be in a ceiling fan it lights up it's, okay. it's full of sensors okay so it's it's a game it's also like the moment they set it up like i was there when they showed it to like some of the arcade people and it was really funny because the girl goes the one of the people running it just goes, I think that it's maybe, I think that it's maybe not safe. <laughs> and this uh. is like the baby castles person. She's like, I'm thinking it's maybe not. Right. And I just want you to tell me how to make it safer. And <laughs> just now coming to that realization like at the show. Well, they, they built the structure there. I don't, I think in their actual space, cause they have a physical space. I think it hangs somewhere. Oh, okay. And so like, it's different. And so they're, they're holding it and, and they, she starts it up and I'm looking at it and all of a sudden it's like, Oh God, that's a ceiling fan and it's going like a ceiling fan. She goes, well, the thing is, is even when it's secure, it doesn't look secure. And I realize that no one is standing behind me anymore. Like everyone else from the arcade, like they just like ran. I mean, this is at eye level, this fan. Yeah, this fan is not high. Like so, the center part of the fan is like at your eye level. Like you can stick yeah, your head yeah, in it. Yeah. But so it's it's rotated, right? So like the, the blade. No. no. Wait. The blade goes supposed to go so it, horizontal. If you lean forward, you should be decapitated. <laughs> no, you won't be. The, the blades are covered in foam. In order That's to true. demonstrate this, the, the baby castles person did stick their head in the ceiling fan to show that it wouldn't hurt. And just a light thonk. Yeah, and it stopped, and you got points. So, so fun <laughs> geography of the show. I was asked to be moved next to baby castles. I personally am like, yeah, I want to be next to those guys, not knowing that they would set up a ceiling fan in space. <laughs> so um i so i'm set up i'm sitting there and i'm watching them set up the structure and 
I love them a lot. I want this to be clear. I watched them strip every screw in existence <laughs> trying to get the structure up. I mean, it's it's not it's not a conducive environment to setting up anything really. Um, it's, so. it's, it's it, but like that's the problem with the show. And like again, I think it's great, and I think everyone should go play it because it is about as much fun as you would expect it to be. It because is. it's that childhood joy of throwing things at a ceiling fan and watching them ricochet off things. It's just also maybe terrifying. And I and I was watching it earlier with a guy, just a just a random person. And he's, mm-hmm. We're just staring at it because it's it's terrifying. And he just looks at it and he goes, "I feel like that's not at capacity for this building. <laughs> like I don't think that this. I don't like ceiling fans are really powerful. Like there's no way that it's that, that like." They've approved that amount of power. Right. So there's a good chance that if a fire marshal goes through later, they might take it down. So fun extra thing is that, again, right next to it. um, (laughs) And I'm like slightly expressing concern in that if there is a ball and it gets hit, centripetal force will push it into my area. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't particularly want that. They're like cool we're going to put up some curtains i watched them just kind of drape over blackout curtains yeah after i watched them strip every screw known to man <laughs> i'm just like i'm not sure how structurally sound this will be oh, but it's sure it's, it's go for it fine. i believe in you also you have to lay inside of it what well the structure you have to lay oh. in it so you can throw things at the ceiling fan oh so you lay down on the ground yeah. and you throw them up yeah yeah because I mean, if you stand in it you're gonna get hit right well so because i was confused about like what the apparatus was because at first i thought you like stood away from it it's, and you threw I mean, like i guess you could into it there's nothing it's baby castles there's nothing stopping you from deciding how you would like to play the mm, game his art i again and i and i say that with full respect i really want to play this game I want it to play it and I want it to be appreciated, but also I recognize that it is a little terrifying. So the other thing is, is that, so John and I run a, as part of Run Jump Dive, the organization we're part of in Kentucky, is we run a two month art show and we have had to like talk a curator into things before. Like you're like showing them a piece and you're and they're like, I don't, I don't know. Like our kid's going to climb on that. And you're like, no, it'll be fine. And so I think I I burst into hysterical laughter when I first saw it because all I could think of was trying to explain to our very like right. like like buttoned up curator who's like worried about everything that like, yeah, no, it's a ceiling fan. Don't worry. No, they throw things into it. No, it's fine. It's what you're supposed to do with a ceiling fan. It's, it's perfectly it's okay. Fine. We built a structure for it. It's ready. It's here. But- and so, like, there's nothing wrong with baby. Again, nothing wrong with baby castles. It's just like I was just imagining being in the situation of having to sell a curator on it, yeah. and them just being like, "No, no, no, you can't. No." So when you make us like when you pitch something like that to a curator, are you yeah. like trying to like express like the artistic value of a thing or like why people might come see it? Like what is what is the goal? Like what are they trying to get? I, I think most of the time they maybe see the artistic value in sort of they see it's interesting and appealing, but they're more worried about like you know they're having to pay for insurance and things like that. And, sure, and they don't want the building to burn down or whatever. You know so. <laughs> Uh, that's where we're trying to convince them it's safe and we've thought of different scenarios and, you know, 
we've we've stood on it or we've hung off the top of it or whatever because they're artists they get they get artistic value they're just like um i don't know every time you turn this thing on it whines is that safe (laughs) is this going to burn down is this is this fine and it didn't it was up for two months it didn't burn anything down that's good it's good to hear but yeah baby castle's still at peak capacity in terms (laughs) of what they want to do it's at peak baby castles. Yeah. You can find them with the uh, line wobbler pole yeah. all oh. the way up to the top. The line wobbler is like them. 20 feet tall. No, it's no, more than that. No, it's, it's more like, than that. It's like 30. It's, it's so tall. And I'm watching them trying to just like get up. And it's essentially a PVC pipe that has not been like PVC cemented together. No. But like masking tape together. <laughs> Held up with zip ties to the back of a box they probably built. It's Robin's original prototype. It, it It's either his original prototype or it's the first one that he like sold. Right. But it, it's old. Is he it's, here? No. Okay. He doesn't come to the show. I'm trying to convince him to come. Ah. Because every year I just send him pictures of, of like all of his stuff all set up. And I'm just like, here, look at this. Isn't this cool? You should come. Yeah. He was at the Smithsonian thing. Yeah. No, he, he comes to the US a lot. He just didn't specifically come to this. That's interesting. Because uh, uh, line wobbler, I mean line, yes, line wobbler. I keep getting that and wobble garden mixed up. Yeah. Um, I think it was the first place I ever I ever saw it. I haven't played it yet, and I you should, should probably. It. I should. It's I should, good. I should aspire to do so sometime this weekend. Baby but. castles. Go to the baby castles booth. Go to baby like, castles. A hundred percent. Their their stuff is really cool. You will not see it anywhere else except at baby castles. <laughs> yeah. But like you won't if like you're not in New York based mm-hmm. and you don't have the time to like go to their thing, just go look at it because they're the number one thing I always tell people. It's like, okay, c- come on, you have to see this. Where else are you going to see a ceiling fan that you throw things at that's like designed to be done that have it done to? I am a uh, a big Black Emperor fan. Ah, uh, yeah. And um, there's a it's Pico the- Eight version of Black Emperor in the Baby Castles area. Is there? That's why I've been told. Also, that no. Okay, so so that might not be technically okay. So there is there might that might also be true. Um, there is a Black Emperor game on the show floor. Yeah, they have like the full. But it's cabinet. like an actual cabinet. Yeah. it's next to Killer Queen. It's yeah. made by I think Bumblebear. Like yeah, the same yeah, people who made Killer Queen. It looks really nice. It's it looks a, so good. It's like I can't a find it. I need it's, to. It's right it next down. to Killer Queen. Yeah. Well, so if you like go in through the arcade, like the main like side, like what connects arcade to vendor. If you go yeah. in there and then go to the right, yeah, the Killer Queen cabinets are like against the back wall, but there's like a circle of arcade machines with all their backs faced inward, and on the right side of that. Uh, as part of that circle is black and okay literally all i've done is play one round of beat mania and that was last <laughs> night that's yeah. the only game i've played thus far <laughs> yeah i've only played black emperor and then i played one indie game um which was hash hashtag blood if you guys check that out i did see that uh, visually interesting it's really pretty yeah have you did you play it uh, i didn't play it there was a line so i had didn't have a really? chance but yeah it was looked like a cartoon yeah, uh, the guy. I don't know if it was the main dev, but the guy like kind of running it because we checked it out like eleven o'clock at night or something. And the guy ran over and he was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is the game we're working on." I'm like, "Oh cool." It's like, so like an animation studio working this? It's like, yeah, it's an animation studio based out of Long Island or like a very small like independent animation animation firm. Uh, but he's like, yeah. So the game is uh, like one part 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one part Powerpuff Girls, one part Zelda. And I'm like, okay. Those are some choices. Yeah. And I mean, it looks like a Powerpuff Girls cartoon. And like all of the thing is like exquisitely animated. It just looks really good. And it's like a top down kind of like hack and slash. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> looked really nice. So yeah. I want to go back and check it out. Uh, maybe, I'm not sure when is the downtime for the for this 24 hour it'd probably be know, after this yeah i would probably. say after this recording but um yeah it's a little bare bones like you can see we're like oh they're still like early but like what they have done like the amount of polish just like on the character animations and on like the art assets alone is like crazy um but yeah so baby castles indie games <laughs> pico 8 they're cool anything else happening anything else you guys checked out i went to like the i, I went to the one um panel i've really ever been to at magfest which was um they built an arcade cabinet during the panel yeah the panel was they built an arcade cabinet it's death by the guys from death by audio they're the people who are kind of like hosting most of the cabinets in the area indie arcade in the indie arcade and they're all great and they built a cabinet for uh, kung fu kickball oh cool yeah so kung fu kickball now has a custom made cabinet it's actually playable on the floor like if you go to the kung fu kickball booth it is right there wow the Kung Fu Kickball kind of has two setups because they also have a regular boot. And it's a good game. I played that game last year. I really like it. Um, John, you see anything else you you really like? Um, Is it Sound Cell? You know that game? Was it it like the really big, kind of big, like nice promo art booth? Yeah, and so it's a game where um, the music plays and um, you try to like... um, so it's a top-down kind of view, and you're gonna uh, you can shoot your gun or do a melee attack kind of to the rhythm of the the music. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really fun. Like the the trees are bouncing to the music and stuff, and um, it was nice music and everything. I just realized how bad at rhythm <laughs> games I am. Yeah, wait, this uh, is the top-down like beat 'em up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah okay, I'm thinking so, of a different booth. Then. I think it sounds cell. Yeah, is the name of it. But um, yeah, it looked really nice, and um, you know, just realized how bad I am at you know don't have a rhythm i guess because it's it definitely hard because you're you're having to kind of maybe if you get in the rhythm of it you know um so you're trying to like mash on the fire button or the attack melee and you know there's things that you have to like hit at the right beat to open up a gate or something or uh you know attack a boss that kind of thing so uh, right. i think kind of the whole level is designed around the track you know so the whole time you know trying to get to the end so are you cool. a uh are you a big like necro dancer person like any of those like hybrid Not rhythm really games? i got into like rock band right you know um but i was always like the person who played on easy <laughs> <laughs> i just like enjoyed playing the music right. and like, and like songs you know yeah and so i was sort of the you know backup person or whatever the uh because it's interesting because like you know that's kind of like i don't know Maybe like the first wave of, of rhythm games were like the shooters, right? Your reses and your amplitudes and whatever. And then the second wave is like, oh, we have an instrument full, like four, four instrument band. And then now it seems like, okay, we're going to take rhythm mechanics and we're going to apply them to other games with like Necrodancer and then Sound sound Cell. Yeah. And I think, what is it? Um, just Beats and Shapes? Yeah. Like that was amazing. Like they were playing, I guess, the Mortal Kombat song and they have, so I guess... I think the idea, I haven't played it before, but um, you're kind of like a square that you just move around. So it's a, kind of like a twin stick 
shmup it's, kind of look. It's out on Switch now. Um, it's pretty much you're dodging the pink stuff. So you're a uh, square. I think you play a co-op. Yeah, there's, they had four people playing at the yeah, same time. Yeah, and it's pretty much you have a move and a dash, and you're just trying to survive, and there's, like, checkpoints and stuff. So they had the Mortal Kombat theme from the movie, right? And mm-hmm. so they had all these, like, karate guys that are the kind of enemies, and they're sliding in, and you're, like, having to dodge all these karate figures and stuff, and it just, it's a the the i guess the juiciness you know that they t- as game developers we talk a- about has it like tons of that uh, to make these simple shapes and stuff bounce and react and be really great has this really good minimal style with just a lot of kinetic movement and just a clarity of what hurts you and what doesn't yeah, yeah. didn't it get an igf nomination I'm not sure. I have I not know. checked mm-hmm. the IGF nominations, unfortunately. I, the IGF nominations made me feel very, very out of touch with what people are playing, to be <laughs> totally honest. Like, not in a bad way, but like, they would be like, oh, and of course, this game and this game has 20. And I was like, I have played actually none of these. I have I have not played a IGF nominated game. Shoot, really? I know, not this year. Wow. Like, oh. and I, because I, I don't think I played any of them, because I like heard of them, like oh, Paratopic, mm-hmm. Oberdin, mm-hmm. Um, Minute. Mm-hmm. I, the Space Outlaw got like three nominations. Yeah, and like oh, I, I think I, I technically I might have played Minute because I played like five minutes of Minute at like yeah at like um uh like Day of the Devs yeah. at GDC this yeah, year. Me too. Yeah. But like that's Same not even thing. the game. That's like the sort of shortened version like demo version it's like i yeah that's probably the most i played of any igf game i just uh, felt very 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 out of like i was looking because i saw people and they're like oh man i'm so excited i got picked and i was like cool i forgot you did a game <laughs> this year i just I, did events last year i don't have time i played the hyperspace outlaw gdc demo what'd you think uh, it's very good yeah. i love it um i'm a sucker for geocities inspired just trash wave yeah um Tra- <laughs> that's a good that's a good term his term is cyberpunk which ooh, i also that's really like also good i haven't seen that i'm following jay on yeah. twitter i am um, on the podcast like two years ago when he first started working on it oh that's cool yeah. um but i was doing like a self-respective game of the year thing and i realized the only game i've played to completion that came out in 2018 was tetris effect the only one which is a great game is fantastic i bought it launch day physically but i have not played a single game to conclusion in 2018 that has a finite conclusion there's a lot of games that came out yeah especially Um, when you're working on stuff it's hard yeah my game of the year was Narutomata, which technically came out last year but the xbox one port came out this year so it counts year before last. yeah we're in 2019 now fair (laughs) 2018 will never end is going to stay with us till the end of <laughs> time. To December 34th, 2018. <laughs> Welcome to January of 2018. <laughs> it's still with us. Are you surprised? Um, so games, games, <laughs> games. Confirmed. Games, confirmed. confirmed. I heard, you, I heard you're not coming to GDC, Amanda. Uh, I am not doing GDC this year. That's unfortunate. I didn't really apply. I applied to do a talk. It didn't get accepted. Mm-hmm. And that was like the most effort I put forth. Like I like I like GDC in that I like, um, I don't like GDC. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like GDC in that I like, like seeing people, but right. that's not GDC. I don't like that. I don't like aspects of, of gdc i don't like that it's in a really expensive city i don't like that it's the entire cost mm-hmm. of what i make in a month to go to a show uh 
even though I'm in the country, because that's the thing. Like I always hear these things like, "Oh, it's so hard to get there from like other countries." I was like, "From other countries, yeah." Like, my, try from the other coast, <laughs> my dude. That's like the ticket is like two or three times my rent a month. Like that's insane. Right. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know. Like the talks are fine, and I like seeing people and. I don't really do like the heavy socialization, like going to all the parties. So I'm, I'm not doing that anyway. Right. And it's like, okay, so it's all fine, but is it like three grand fine? Right. And I think the answer is firmly no. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it was just like this year. Like if I had something I was really confident about, like as far as like alternative controls, right? I would go because then theoretically I could win three grand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do they award I'm, you money for all control if DC? you win all GDC? control gdc it's one of the places where you actually get a grand prize you get a grand prize of three grand which covers travel yeah, yeah the cost of going uh, there because they're big things yeah. that if you get in oh sorry you saying something uh the big thing is that if you get in you get like four tickets and there's like mm. it's this much value right but it costs them nothing to exactly. give them to you i mean it's the same thing they give it all the speakers right like yeah, the same organization. They don't sell speaker. They don't pay speaker pay speakers fees. either. No. You get in to the event right. that you're creating value for. And apparently, this like the, the speaker application is ridiculous. Like it's like extremely tough and extremely. I like, have never made. So I've, I've only I've only tried twice. I've never made it in. Um, our friend Nathan Fouts, who makes Piggy Ball, he's he's he got in. I think last year. And did he get in this year? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, I don't know if you tried, but he's gotten in. And and like we know people have gotten in. It's just a matter of like what they're curating for that that year. Sure. But it's it's not just like oh if you like try you'll get it. Like it really really isn't. There's like multiple rounds. So there's yeah. like a first round cut and then mm-hmm. there's like a second round cut. I've never even made it past the first round. Because like the language they use is like you know this has to be like intensely researched and documented yeah. and all this stuff and like would gladly do it if you were willing to pay. <laughs> You know, the speakers. And I mean, like, and there's reasons beyond that. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, Night in the Woods it had come out and Scott Benson gave a talk. And like, yeah. obviously, like that, that was part of like a, a, a good point for him to come and give a talk. But like, you know, was it the IBC, IBS, the company that owns like GDC oh, yeah. and, and Gamma Sutra and everything? Like, they have other like industry like conferences and they pay their speakers for those. And I think they run like an average advertisement industry one and they pay the speakers for that and so oh, yeah like, no i yeah. mean it's just gaming where people don't pay speakers right that's just a that's just a gaming thing yeah that's just what you do at gaming events is you don't pay speakers yeah i mean except uh, except for like there are ones that do sure um that's definitely the case like that nice one you went to in asia oh uh, out of index oh. yes how uh, was it out of index was lovely or a uh, vector you know? Oh yeah. We also, the conference we actually run does pay speaker fees. Oh really? Yeah. The one in <laughs> so Kentucky. That was, yeah, that was also the funny thing was like, like oh by the way, the conference that's all. That's maybe the other reason I'm salty about GDC is that like one of the things we do every year is we run a game dev- development conference. Right. Um, every April, um, called Vector. It's really small. It's really personal, but it's like designed to be that way. Like we're not really looking to be like six thousand people flood flood the town of richmond kentucky right um we're looking for like four two to four hundred people but like we also get like really important industry speakers like we've got like last year was chris charla from xbox he came um uh uh lena rain for the uh um, the composer composer for celeste yeah which is now up for an igf right 
um, for the for the composition. Uh, she came. We have. Um, Did it not win last year? Oh, you're talking about when it won last year? Or? No, no, no it, Celeste it's, came it's, out this Celeste year. Celeste came out in 2018. 2018. Jan- like January 2018. Right. 2018 is the longest month. <laughs> but didn't it Here. win an IGF award last year? No. Yeah. Maybe I could have sworn it did. I was in that room and I saw Lena Rain talk. I don't know. I can't confirm either. I know that it's up for. I think it's up for something. I thought I could be wrong. I think something's up for something. Okay, could be totally wrong. Something's up for something. (laughs) Listen, long year. Credit to Lena Rain. Got it. Okay. Um, but like, um, like so we we had her come out. Um, we had um, see in the past we've had like Nigel Lowry from Devolver. Um, we've had just like a bunch of different people, different qualifications, just. Different companies, indies, C four one eight, the the composer for composer Minecraft. for Minecraft. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of we're trying to sort of bring the industry to you know Kentucky because right. we're not on the coast. It's important either way. Yeah, and it's and and to really kind of uh, you know inspire a lot of like students there at uh, Eastern Kentucky University is where it's held. So like inspire them and kind yeah. of get them to like realize that you know get connected to that community that uh, is the game development because like you know. we're saying it's so expensive to go to gdc if you're like 19 20 and you're just like you're in a game design program at eku because eku has a very good game design program like it's really untenable to go across the country for a week and go to this conference so we have different people who go to different conferences around the country and they see speakers and be like oh i really like that talk and then we literally just ask, hey, would you like to give it here? And we've done that in the past and we've had some people do that. And a lot of people just make new talks for the for the show, but we pay our speakers. Do um and do you work with EKU to like create the honorarium and everything to pay them, or is that out yeah, of like yeah, the run jump dev? Um it's through we've had different sources, but you know, right. it's th- definitely the university pays a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um and so they're, you know, getting their speakers there. And, and they've done stuff like uh, a group of their students uh, went to E3 because they were selected as uh, like a featured, uh, I think it was Unreal. one of the contests. Student Unreal. project. Okay. Yeah, the Unreal They were project. Unreal selection for best student game. So they were able to like university help pay for those students to go out there to E3, which That's is really cool. cool. Yeah. So they're really uh, and we kind have, of like, excited local, about it. Local business organizations also usually help pay, yeah. pay like help cover the event costs yeah some uh organizations companies have helped sponsor it and um you know we've had uh the kentucky innovation network which is sort of uh a system to help you know high-tech companies and startups to to grow in in kentucky uh again we're not you know and we try try to price it well and like i don't know like this is why i'm so like this is why i'm so salty about like big conventions because they could do it yeah because like i know i know for example like what adam was saying earlier like um offering a free ticket doesn't cost you anything it really doesn't like at our event it maybe kind of does because we provide lunch so like we're out like the money for lunch Mm -hmm. but like you don't even get lunch at gdc apparently you used to and it was bad so probably don't bring back lunch but um like i don't know that's what that's what i guess makes me like anxious about it as an event is like it like cool you're offering diversity scholarships where you give away 10 passes and no financial compensation like how are they gonna get to there right like it's great if you live in san francisco already and you can just like walk down the street Mm -hmm. or if you know somebody lives there i personally don't and so yeah it's a little expensive and all control is like hard enough like transporting to events like you mentioned i did go to korea this year 
And I went to Korea because the event helped cover my costs to right. get there. Yeah. And like, it, but if they didn't, like, it's like, cool, I've got to get there as well as my package, which is a giant board, which I have to reassemble when I get there. And like, that's not just a matter of like, oh, cool, I'll just send you my game and you can play it. Like, no, I have to come with it. Mm -hmm. Like I had an event in Toronto and they were like, can you just send the board? And I was like, no. And I think I actually wrote no and frankly, you wouldn't want me to. Because like when it gets there, like I have to put parts of it back together. It's a giant mechanical thing. Right. How involved is that process? You said it was two Arduinos with the one you have right now. Uh, it's two Arduinos and 100 buttons. So two leads per button. Okay. Uh, so it's not terrible. I think Adams is probably a bit more sort of like complex and like and delicate. In like what sense? Well, like you've got like LED strips and you've got like the metal like base stand. Yeah, and stuff it's a like little that. more assembly because I have to put the stand together that we got for this event because I couldn't tape it to the wall. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's mostly just like plugging in wires. Uh, the nice thing about mine is that it's mostly consumer parts uh, stapled together in a nice way. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to rely too terribly much on like wiring a hundred buttons together. <laughs> right. uh, Do you have to reinsert those uh, buttons every single time? No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. No. So those are, those are mounted in there. At this point I can usually do setup on my own um, in about 15 minutes. It just depends on if something's wrong Got it. and you won't know if something's wrong until it's going like currently right now, the ANSI thing that is going on for me is there's something wrong with my board, but I agreed to do this podcast. So I'm oh. waiting until the podcast is over to run downstairs with my repair kit. Well, I appreciate to that. Fix the board. Dedication to the craft. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm like contacting, I'm like, I'm like texting people going, and like, can we fix it? I was like, no, I'll be there in like an hour. Just yeah. give me a second. Uh, Adam, what, what is your, your, game specifically uh, my game is entitled Ossia glow it is a rhythm game that uses led strips instead of a traditional display so a traditional rhythm game has lanes <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> that the um, beats fall down and i was like well we can just deconstruct this to a point where it's uh nine strips of leds and then a controller so there is a small display then like so you can choose your song properly but all the gameplay happens on led strips cool that's yeah. really cool how's the how's the response been to that um it seems to be good uh i you're good you're good i haven't had anyone say anything mean about it so <laughs> that's a good sign uh -huh. no one's feeling bold enough to cuss me out right in my face um but no it seems to be going well it's bright uh gets people's attention yeah leds on full brightness has a tendency to do that um, this is your first time showing it? Uh, this is my fourth show, okay. third outing. Um, it ran at the Children's Art Museum that we mentioned earlier for two months. And then I went to Bitbash, and then there was a little side um, show that I showed up out with there. With Mooncat. Yeah, with Mooncat Arcade. Which is out of Milwaukee. <clears throat> oh, cool. Yeah, we drove up there, and then this is the fourth time showing it. And... It ran last night, no problem. So it should be 24-7. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed super hard. I mean, the thing is with these events is, especially the 24 hours one, 24 hours one, and I've only done two 24-hour events, is they're very hard to know what's going to go wrong until you come back down in the morning. Right. And you like round the corner and you're like, and it's on. 
And you won't know until you round that corner. Yeah. Because like before then, it's just like, oh, cool. There's the screen or in his case, like the LEDs. And are they? Yes, they are moving. <laughs> are are they still good? <laughs> are they on? Yes. Are they moving? Yes. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. It's and that's good. like the most you can do from this because like there isn't a very good system. And I don't know how there would be, but there isn't a very good system for like notifying people when your thing goes down. Right. Because like that would be untenable to expect that of like magfest ops to be like no can you let me know when it's down oh yeah like, sure yeah, yeah we'll just no, stand someone there yeah they're not gonna stand someone there watching it so like you never know until you walk down in the morning and you don't know like oh no oh that oh that's not good <laughs> i mean especially for yours your guys because they're all like hardware stuff like custom-made hardware yeah. stuff like if you wanted to i mean you could go down the rabbit hole of like all right well it's hooked up to this wi-fi card or like this l, uh, l 3g hotspot and like now it's gonna ping me if like if it's n- notices anything awry um Right, and what if it deals with like false positives? Yeah, or? no, it's it's too hard to it's too hard to plan for. Yeah, I know some people are like running shifts. I think Death by Audio has enough people here that they're like doing shifts. Mm-hmm. I think like, so. I've seen different people at their thing. I know for a fact Baby Castles is doing it, but they probably brought like twenty people. There's, yeah, they'll have like four people at a time. Like yeah. the, Baby Castles just, Army. Yeah, yeah it's pretty just much. like here's four people. It's your job to make sure that from this hour to this hour, every game is up. But like for a lot of us in like the back are kind of indies. So even more indie than like Baby Castles or like Death by Audio because those are both like collectives. So there's a couple of us are just like lone rangers mm-hmm. like here on our own. Yeah, I and know her, not like, yeah. me and Amanda, one man dev teams. There's a couple I've seen that like a program and an artist so they can like shift back and forth. And I'm just like, hey, person next to me, if it breaks, uh, just... I don't know, tell people it's broken. I'll be back in an hour. I'm getting lunch. <laughs> mm. I'm like texting people like going, okay, can you just like throw a sign on it? Just, just there's not even. Put a blanket over it. Yeah, because there's nothing I can do about it right now. Like, like there's mm. nothing I can do about it right now. It's, it's, if it's down, it's down. But like, I can't. Right. I think Amanda's trying to tell me that we should wrap this up. I think that's why <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not. It is I'm currently fine. down. That's yeah. correct. It is. It is. It is down. I'm fine. So, are you guys part of, um, uh, like MIVs? Like, did you have to apply via MIVs? Are you part um, of Indie Arcade or like how does weirder? So technically, Indie Arcade is a part of MIVs, um, but it is also not a part of MIVs. So like you last, can apply to both. So last year, I applied to. Last year, I talked to the lady who was organizing MIVs, or one of the ladies organizing MIVs, yeah. and she was like. Oh no, just talk to Death by Audio. And I was like, okay. And Death by Audio is kind of running the audio section, but they're also their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so this year they actually sent out like an application form. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, uh, you have okay. to apply, yeah. you have to like, here's like a form, tell us how much space you need. And then like, they actually like mapped it all out, like on an actual like like paper and everything. And then we got there and like had to like set up that way. And so that's it's been a little bit more organized even than like last year. I think this is a fairly recent addition. This is only my second MAGFest, but I don't think that there's been an indie arcade for terribly long. Okay. Like I think Death by Audio was here like three years ago. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And, and like 2017 was my first yeah. time. So and like Death by Audio is like Brooklyn based arcade. Ah. Uh. And so, like, they they bring all their stuff down in, like, a truck from Brooklyn. That makes sense. Um, Did, uh... John, are you showing anything off here? Or are you just kind of helping out with fellow Kentucky devs? Kind of, yeah, helping out. So, um, 
I'm we're currently working on a game called Piggy Ball. Oh, right, right. Okay. And um, so we are crunching to not really crunching, but you know, kind of prioritizing, you know, getting that done for all the consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're hoping to have early twenty. Well, early this year, 2019. Got it. Uh, yeah, we got to keep reminding yeah, ourselves. Reminding ourselves. Yeah, so um, the people are back at the studio and working on that, and I'm kind of here just you know, helping out however I can. Piggy Ball, I I know it's been here. Has it also been at PAXs? I think I've seen yeah, it Yeah, I mean, at it's PAXes, been at right? PAX West, PAX East. Um, GDC. GDC. Yeah, well, that was one of the nice things about last year we were, uh, got to go to gdc and be in the microsoft booth oh, showing cool. off on xbox hardware it was like first time seeing it on 4k xbox one x dev kit yeah was, their uh, booth setup was, was cool. really nice we stole the uh sign <laughs> no they gave us yeah. the sign I, like I, I, no honest, we, stole we stole the sign okay, yeah we stole the, the, stole the sign, the sign was told, heisted <laughs> i told them that i was stealing it and they're like well i can just give it to you i was like no i'm i'm stealing it <laughs> Actually, then it made it ran off with le- it. Legit, best part about the Xbox One, they had a padded carpet down. Oh, <laughs> so when you're so staying good. for hours, you're prepped and ready. Oh, it was nice. It was yeah. nice. Oh, they also had good swag, didn't they? Like, they, they had, had a, skate, they, skateboard decks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chris Charler was like super excited yeah, about those. Yeah. Yeah. Those were giveaways. The actual swag, they handed out hand sanitizer, which is a saintly move, Microsoft. <laughs> right. And also, they like, handed out um, USB hubs. USB, USB hubs, hubs. Yeah. Unpowered little four port USB hubs, which is super nice. And I lost mine and I'm mad about it. Well, I mean, at GDC, they were giving away like Xbox One, like the blue controllers. And I was like, what? Is this <laughs> yeah. Is... yeah, that was somewhere else. That... Power play is a weird flex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got the money. I mean, one year, I mean, the, the nice, the weird, the nice, weird thing about GDC is like the, is the weird swag. Like, oh, and I went to this party and they just gave everyone a leap motion. Whoa. Just yeah. everyone. Wow. Like, it was just on our table. I was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, take one. Yeah. Like, well, I was talking to Becca Saltzman at, because they had the Night in the Woods booth. And yeah. then Leaf walked up to me, Leaf from Itch. And I was like, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, check it out. Got an Xbox controller. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I, I'm trying to remember, like, one year I went and they were, like, giving out google tvs like that thing and the chromecast and I, yeah or? and then they were giving out tablets at another session okay yeah. so if you get one year when there's a hardware launch you might be able to go to a session no, and non- get a, technology get technology thing, thing. we've got tablets went to the unity uh like their offices last year you got a really nice hoodie, oh, and the best hoodie. Have it, i'm super jealous no, right no now. you're mad because i got the hoodie without even having to go because i talked to one of the people and i was like the only thing i wanted from gdc was that stupid hoodie and she's like give me your address and she uh, sent me one that's not, so nice not the only <laughs> 75 that you have at 25 that you got through illicit means <laughs> the um the best i went to got friend the, in high places the unity office at gdc but it went after hours Someone oh, no. stuck, stuck me in. I won't. I won't sell them out. But I got into that office. And I was then like, "You didn't get oh. the sweet swag." I didn't get the sweet swag, but I saw all the meeting rooms that are named after games made <laughs> in Unity. It's like here's That's Super cool. Super Mario Run. Here's Super Hot, and all these other ones. I was like, "Wow." I, ones that don't have Super in their name. Yeah, there's Mine a Firewatch one. one I th- I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I just like got shuffled through the elevator or whatever right into the room, and I really didn't see very much. You know. Yeah. Just. Hit. But I was it was good sessions, kind of learning some stuff about like the Switch and how to port your games over uh, to that yeah. using Unity. So um, yeah, it was really kind of a nice thing to show off, and um, hoping to get my uh, you know piggy ball done soon. So are you do you have Switch plans like announced or or is that 
Uh, don't have to say anything if if like if it's I'm not sure know. what I can say. Okay. We We're for having, sure no, have no, confirmed. No, 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 it's a it's a the way the way that the way that he has it phrased on the website is we're having a multi-platform launch, which is Xbox, PlayStation, and one other mystery console. Mystery console. The it's, the, it's the Dreamcast. The ooh yeah. A Wonder Swan? Confirmed. People keep saying the words Wonder Swan as if that's Dude. a console and I have no idea what it is. It is. It's a handheld. No, no, there's two. There's the Wonder Swan and the Wonder, Wonder Swan, Swan Color. Color. Yeah. It's a Bandai Jap- Japanese only. Well, maybe it's coming to the Wonder Swan. Well, fun, it should. One th- fun thing about the Wonder Swan is you can play it horizontally where it has two buttons or vertically where it has two D-pads because the Wonder Swan is weird. Look up a picture of the Wonder Swan. Oh, I love, I love the industrial design of the Wonder Swan. Like, I'm oh. a big proponent and of the Wonder gotta, Swan. Now you gotta track down Jay from uh, Wraith Games and see if he's gonna release oh. on the Wonder Swan. Fun, fun other thing about Japanese exclusive handhelds, which is apparently a thing mm-hmm. that have black and white and color variants. The Neo Geo Pocket, oh, it's great. And also it ha- a great console. It, it has a micro switch to con- uh, analog stick thingy, or it's a digital stick because it's micro switch. Yeah, but it's clicky and wonderful. Yeah, it feels and great. We should bring back. Handhelds. Everyone buy a Vita. Maybe Sony will bring them we back. We have handhelds. <laughs> we have handhelds. It's called the Switch. It, that's a tablet with some controllers on. Aww. <laughs> oh, I love the Switch. The Nintendo, side. please send me things. And well, and then there's uh, what is it? Madbox. I think. Yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is that? <laughs> you say words like I know things. Have no. you guys not, have you, yeah, so you can go over this. No yeah, idea. so what is it? Uh, Mad Studios? Something like that. Yeah. Mad Labs. Some, I don't know. Uh, I'll look it up. You you, yeah, you yeah. talk, I'll look so it up. They, so they make uh, Project Cars. Yes. And so they have this uh, very nice engine and, and all that. And so I loosely follow them for that. And then um, I guess they tweeted or something like, hey, we're going to do a console and... And so it's, I guess <laughs> the most casual thing. I, I hey, and so I, I assume it's oh like man, an we Android. Forgot to tell people. Oh, stuff. We're getting in the hardware market. Well, yeah. I mean, notoriously not going to tell people, but it's just like the CEO just tweeted, a, hey, something is going to come out. And then um, I guess today or something they announced or like showed the photos and stuff. But oh, I didn't see a photo yet. I, yeah, I think there's photos. Oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I, I, I still told, don't like, know what this again, thing is. Again, it's like weird consoles, like mad. I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, is slightly it? Mad Studios is making a yep, Xbox PlayStation competitor called I'm, the Mad Box, I'm, which uh, not a great name. The gra- well, graphic designer, good on you. You tried some stuff. What is happening with this weird M shape? They wanted to. I mean, listen. Yeah. My biggest. That's that's a look. It's it looks a like a knockoff Alienware. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my, my thing Does is have- is that like it reminds me of. Um, it reminds me of how angry I was when the soldier when the soldier boy console was announced. <laughs> Not because the, like they were clearly copyright infringing or right. whatever, because that's their yeah. choice. Wait. I was mostly mad because it had the least interesting design of any console I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it was just like a white like. It looked like an Xbox. Yeah, like an Xbox One. It looked right. like an Xbox. Well, the portable one. version looked just like like a, a Wii Game U tablet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fun thing about the soldier boy things is that they're just rebranded Chinese knockoffs. Yes, if just you just bought them off of Alibaba. If you looked yeah. really hard at the one that looked like an Xbox One, it came with ps4 looking controllers or no like ps2 like it didn't even have like the touch thing and i think they used the nintendo screenshot on it just to get the holy trinity yeah yeah he had smash promo art and screenshots on yeah also um 
props to slightly mad studios to rebranding a pc like it's a console because they're saying well it supports I mean, most most did that so i mean like why supports not? most major vr headsets well like so, the ones yeah, that you own so the i think the interesting thing actually about that is that they're uh i don't including their game engine or oh really you can use it to you know develop games for cool. it and so i don't know the the restrictions on that but they you know they have a really nice engine you know these uh, looks really nice and it supports vr and stuff so if you're making a racing game or um you know it could be a pretty cool engine to play with who knows yeah i bet i mean it's like you know i like that epic you know we haven't gotten to like the epic store discussion mm-hmm. at all like on this podcast but i like that you know if you publish on their store they waive the the licensing fee i think that's Run cool real. yeah Trying to get you, I mean, really, to they just, you. it's interesting to me because in this case, we're talking about a system where they've made the killer app first, right? It's like Fortnite, yeah. and they're like, oh, and um, also here's our console, but it's not, I mean, it's a, it's a launcher, it's a Steam competitor, but, but, but they, so they also support mobile Android. They say right. they do. They'll sell to try to support as many play like also like Xbox and right, and right. Switch yeah. and stuff. Which so they're, it's like I don't know. They're they have the sway now like they can get sony to sure allow yeah. them cross play exactly. yeah. Fortnite. and right. I, it's making so much money well, well it's and weird it's, it's it's that it's like that super like you know this is a very powerful like player in a space that can do that can like sway major other markets and platform holders to do what they want because Fortnite is fucking bigger than god but it's Fortnite. It's yeah. so it's so powerful that they decided not to put out on the Google Play Store and had children <laughs> yeah. sideload stuff, which is a super good way to get viruses. Right. Because Epic doesn't care about your device security. But like it's it's a super like obvious like, oh, this is like an example of like late stage mm-hmm. capitalistic, like oh like too way too powerful, like player in a space. It just happens to turn out that everything they do seems super benevolent. Until so it's far. not. Yeah. Until it's not. Like you see the back pay stuff, you know, when they change the 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 revenue split for assets for Unreal. Yeah. And you saw that with the store and you saw that with a bunch of other stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff just in general with like any any player getting like really strong. And also it's the thing of like oh man, these 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 trends are so short lived that like I can't imagine like Fortnite being the biggest game on the planet in like a year. To be totally honest, I'm surprised it made I mean, it this far. Well, honestly. I mean, like, and, and and not because it's bad or anything, but just in general, like, League of Legends was the biggest game ever five years ago, and it's not tiny now, but it's not like you're not talking like market dominance for League of Legends. Well, is it because is the game itself like? From what I hear from people who play it, it's still it's still solid. It's just that's how trends move. Like people sure. people play a game for like a year, and then they'll just be like. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to like not something that isn't out yet right right so you've got like previously you had like the over like the like the four months of overwatch or the four months of PUBG or like Mm -hmm. all or like all these things and it's like okay we're in Fortnite and Fortnite's lasting a bit longer because it's children but like at some point someone's gonna release something what's the thing I think Fortnite's on like the Minecraft trajectory right now right like it'll 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 like kind of fade off a little bit but it'll still remain relevant i don't know okay so i've i've spoken to like these kids classrooms (laughs) these kids these days well (laughs) yeah no but it's like yeah i've been like a career day or something right and and, like uh oh i've been that's crazy like 
Fortnite and yeah. they all so, play they it. all want to play it and they're got got their phones and like how they have um like my nieces you know are around that age and it's like yeah they're they all have these sort of devices that you know maybe don't even play like they can't call out in or anything on it but it's like somebody's hand me down but it can play Fortnite right. actually pretty well and they're playing with all their friends and it's just like um yeah I think you know it's crazy how big it is right now it's like everybody like um I think it was, I forget who it was, but said that like, you know, Oprah and Ellen DeGeneres, they know what Fortnite is and they're mm-hmm. talking about it on their shows. Right. And that's a big like deal, you know, culturally that, you know, a game is a big deal right now and everybody knows Fortnite. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree that it's big. It's just, I, I don't know. Minecraft also feels different because Minecraft is so supported culturally by other institutes. Like yeah. your school will still teach you Minecraft. Right. Like, because Minecraft can, you know, talk about spatial stuff and stuff like that. Like, it's basically Legos for children. And it also has a pretty good modding scene. So they used it to teach Java programming for mm-hmm. kids for a while. And, and they still, like, there are still, like, like things that'll teach, like, Minecraft. Nobody's teaching Fortnite in school. Right. Well, because, like, Fortnite's primary interface is violence. Yeah. Like, well, it's guns. I mean, that's why, it, I, that, that's, this is why Fortnite is building, they, they've started creative mode this, like, right. late last yes. year. That this is that that's why like they're building those features to try to stop the the inevitable slide off because like if you can't have anything that people can engage with beyond like play like the best example I have of this is my brother in law is this hyper intense gamer and like he he will like chew through a game in like two months and the only game he's ever held on to is League. And that's like his baby, but like we'll like show him a thing, and he'll be like, "Cool!" And we're like, "Yeah, you can play it with us." It's like multiplayer. It's payday. Sure. Like we 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 bought him payday, and we're playing it the first time. He's like, "Yeah, this is this is okay." And then we when we came back to him in like a week, and he was like, "I know how to beat the hardest level difficulty of payday. I know how to do it with five stars. I know how to do it by myself." And you guys can watch it. It's like this isn't even fun anymore. How right. did you do? What have you been doing yeah. for a week and a half? It's a beautiful mind, <laughs> but for video games. But like, but like, basically that concept, and that's what. I, and I think about him as like a, an accelerated version of what happens to all these games. Like he, there's eventually a cap, right? And that's why something like Minecraft works is because there isn't mm-hmm. a cap. Like, I mean, I guess there is a cap, but it's building the Starship Enterprise out of Minecraft blocks right. using a programming tool to build. Like, and like your average player is never going to hit that. It's sure. why Candy Crush is so popular because the cap is like infinite. And like you try to combat that with something like Fortnite. And I think, again, I don't think Fortnite's a bad game. It seems I think it's competent. a bad game. So I'm not, I, I'm not over here defending Fortnite. I, but. I think it's competent and I think that it's successful. And I'm definitely not arguing that. I just think that realistically, I think it's probably got like another year or two. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless they make serious changes. Sure, yeah. It's a game I have not played. It is clearly not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But that's kind of why there's apparently been seven seasons in the year that it's still in right. early access. You know, yeah, exactly. Because right? they're trying to keep the novelty up to keep people there. Right. I, I don't know. It seems like it's working. It's working. Yeah. It's yeah. working it's, now. It's, 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 uh, the, the question is, how long can that last? Yeah. You know, can they have, you know. 20 seasons you know in this right. next well, year the, are and, the lawsuits that they're getting this year actually going to go through yeah but that's why i'm saying is like there's not a hard level cap there's created novelty by the developer yeah. and that's their hook to keep you there and you can't continue that forever but okay 
you can sort of with World of Warcraft. Like, you know, imagine that. That is still going on. They're still making stuff for that. Yeah, but people get but, so easily frustrated by World of Warcraft now. Like, oh, like yeah, the people, they're still there. Yeah, like the people that like are dedicated to World of Warcraft, the second they see like a minor fluctuation, like, oh, in this expansion, yeah. we changed this about the raids. They freak out. And then everyone else who remembers WoW fondly just wants classic. They, see, yeah, that, that's true. That's what it's... Like so, look forward it, it, to Fortnite Classic. Well, I know. Next year. Like wow, wow is not as big as it was at its peak. Well, obviously, because it can't be. So it's been losing people until we get this hypercentric yeah. market. And Bobby Kotick's been like pulling I, his I hair think, out. I think Fortnite could be that in that it gets to this like people that just really want to play a battle royale and they like this one. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be this cultural thing where Ellen's talking about it. No, every I mean, other week. for sure, it's not like going to be that forever. But uh, they can continue to operate it like an MMO where they're just continuing to add content. And, and right. like, what's interesting with them is, like, all these events that are, like, one-time events that yeah. you, you miss it and it's gone, sort right. of. It's, you know, whether tying the new new year to something yeah. and or or to the, the, what is it, the asteroid that hit right. the There's ground like the or the rocket. and all yeah, that yeah. shit. So it's, it's it, they're basically kind of doing these MMO-type things. I mean, things. they're pulling, that's from MMOs, that's yeah. from yeah. MOBAs. MOBAs did that. Yeah, I mean, like, you did the Dota like has seasons and the right, season right. passes? Um, league had league league would have like um, like if you're not playing during this specific week, you're missing out on right. this potential for skins and this and this or like um, we're adding in a mode where all five of the people on your team can all be the same character. Mm-hmm. This is a terrible idea. It completely breaks the game. Would you like to play it? Cool. You have to be online today. Right. It's it, like a Hearthstone. Like if you don't get this ring in Hearthstone this month, you don't get the f- special card back. Like I think the second we introduced psychology into like game <laughs> design, we really fucked up because like we just 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 latched onto humanity's I mean, basest impulses. It's all the Skinner early boxes. game theory is a psychological uh, study. Like the uh, prisoner's dilemma with the right. money stab defend kind of thing. Punnett Square. Yeah, it's always... No, Skinner, that, not, Skinner boxes. Yeah, Skinner boxes. Like, it's always kind of been there, but we've weaponized it to such an extent. It's an industry. I mean, it's it's a thing. It's it's definitely like, like... I remember one of the first dev events I went to, which would have been like a while ago. It would have been like the very first PAX dev. It was like one of the first like dev dev events I went to. And I remember I went to a talk that was just like... That was like... Um, how responsible are we for like the invention of Candy Crush and like the way that it's ruining people's lives? Mm-hmm. Like, and that was like a while ago. So I don't, I don't know. There's like these corporate ghosts that are coming home, and like that sort of thing. Like, and it's all like gambling terminology and calling people whales, which is a thing that you do in mobile development, right? Because you want that like three or four people who spend a hundred thousand dollars a year on your game yeah i don't know like that's that's the hard that's the hard sort of discussion line is like what do you do about that as an industry and like also like that's part of why i don't make those kinds of games like i make i make weird games and i make like client work kind of things but i'm not like making i don't know world of warcraft yeah 
you by yourself. No, I'm sorry. I forgot to announce that in 2019, <laughs> I'm announcing an indie mo, uh, indie MMO. Uh-huh. Indie uh huh. Yeah. It's going to have 300 hours, and it's going to be Skyrim mixed with Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, it's going to be the on best. pirate ships. Oh, right. I'm sorry, the there's, cowboy pirates are the key component. There's going to be a morality system. And the morality system determines what faction you're on. But and also dating. Four, and yes. I know you can date. And there's and 20 date. factions, and there's at least 17 people that you can romance of yeah. either gender. We created 80 races. <laughs> <laughs> and 60 character classes. It's going to come out in three months. <laughs> <laughs> At E3. At E3. Yeah, we're announcing it. I'm sorry, it's on the Switch. It's on the Switch. Oh, it's it's going to run oh. at 120 frames in VR. <laughs> On the Switch. <laughs> on the Switch. <laughs> because because Reggie didn't announce it, but Switch is going to have VR. Yeah. It for me first. Welcome to Nintendo VR. Oh, that's not a great name. <laughs> but that's what they would call it, Amanda. That's what they would call it. Hey, remember when Nintendo released a console that had a 64-bit architecture and they called it the Nintendo 64? (laughs) (laughs) They know what they're doing. Probably. Remember when Nintendo made an entirely new console that had an entirely new thing and they stuck one letter to the end of their last console name? (laughs) (laughs) God, remember how good a prototype name the Revolution was? And then they went with Wii... We Does that like, we translate to something? I don't know. I don't and like know. The, it's like two people bowing is what the eyes yeah, are. Yeah, like that I don't mind. The Wii U, when it looks like an accessory to begin with, uh, Reggie, what, what were you it's thinking? It's Wii and then it's you. I mean, yes, but I, also. I forget. Like, I think I was in line at GameStop uh, and they were, there were people like arguing, is this, is it just an add-on to the Wii? And I was like, wow. Like, I knew right then yeah. that these random people, like, didn't understand at all what it was. And it's not going to be Does it play good. Fortnite? People, yeah. the new joke. So also, lot, what is Fortnite? Last year when I was showing my game, the con- the consistent joke from everyone was like, oh, is it going to main stage at Evo? Because this is a big, dumb fighting game. Right. And this year, everyone's just like, so it's coming to the Switch? So now I just, like, look directly at people and I'm like, yes. Q- Q4 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I like no. how like that's your way of like determining like the pulse of the industry. No. It's like wh- how are they comparing my game to like whatever is relevant? Remember, 2018 has never ended. It's coming Q7 2018. Oh, Christ. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think that's a good place to wrap up. That's awesome. a note to end on, I guess. This, this section. We're um, done. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this. Thank uh, you for having yeah, us. Of course. Good time. Um, Amanda, mm-hmm. where can people find you? Um, I am at buttonsare.cool, which is the website for my project, and also at Barely Concealed. John, where can people find you? Uh, I don't know, Super Soul, I guess. That's where I'm uh, involved with. So, Super Soul.games, and then um, at Super Soul Studio. Yeah, check out, look out for Piggy Ball. Yeah. Awesome. Adam? And um, I am at R25th, R25th on the Twitters. And r25th.itch.io is where I put my games and zines and stuff up at. Sweet. All right. Thank you again, guys. We'll take a quick break, and then we have another round of guests. And we're back. I'm joined by Sam Ang. Hey. Creator of Zarvot. Yeah, Zarvot. Sweet game. (laughs) Yeah, Zarvot. And then also Ruthie Edwards. What up? How you doing? I'm very good. How are uh, you? You you seem excited. <laughs> I, I'm on the I'm on the back nine for tonight. I'm like on the downslope, and you seem ready. You seem pumped. 
I'm I'm actually taking it easy tonight, but oh, I'm yeah? like excitedly taking it easy tonight. All right, all yeah. right. I see you. I see you. Um, so I just realized that Sam is the guy that fucked with me at, at my first Magfest, <laughs> um, Magfest 2017. <laughs> um, the the guy that came up to me after I was dead tired on Sunday, helping out with the Avaria team. Oh yeah, and then pointed at your LED sign, your custom fabricated LED sign with the logo, and being like, "Look at that." It can change color, but just by shouting at it, and then you proceed to go red, change red, green, change green. Yeah, blue. it would like totally just change. And the thing is, I didn't believe you. I was just too tired to comprehend what was going on. And then you were like, "Now nah, I'm fucking with you. I got the remote right here. Change our command." I was like, "Okay, like, oh, okay, yeah." So, Sam, Zarvat, yes. How's it going? Uh, it's out. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Switch. Yeah, buy Pe- my game. <laughs> buy my game. I'm just here to show my game. Yeah, how is how's it doing? How's it? How how you feeling about it? How you feeling about its release? Uh, good. I mean, I'm glad it's out. <laughs> but when it's out, that means uh, I I have to stop working on it, which is really weird. Right. Yeah. Do you um? There was no publisher or anything. It was just you. I'm the publisher. It's <laughs> me. Awesome. It's me. It's me. I'm the no Hydra. Yeah, exactly. Taking care of it. Is it totally solo? Uh well I I paid people to write music for me. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm a job creator. <laughs> Just like Trump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um pay no attention to the oh, government no. shut down, uh, shut down. Wait, yeah. Um that's cool. So so but everything else, programming, art. Yeah, I did the programming and the art and the writing and the writing of the code. <laughs> and also the writing of the story. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's cool. That's I wrote cool. both of those. So to my immense shame, I have not played your game yet. <gasps> what? Um, How? I, I'm busy. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm sorry. Do you have a Switch? I do have a Switch. Do you have $20? <laughs> do you have a code? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm so excited that's, that it's on Switch because I love that style of like quick multiplayer, like almost a party game. Like anybody can pick it up and play it and have fun with it immediately, which is so great. Right. Well, it's funny because like you were the first person that ever told me tell me about it last Magfest, yeah. And I was like, all right, and then it stayed in my head. And then, you know, I saw it at PAX East, and I saw it at PAX West, and then Khalif, who was on our panel at PAX West, went to showcase it. And and then he was like, yes, it's a great game, the cubes and story. And I was like, wait a second, that seems <laughs> not what Ruthie told me at the beginning of the year. Ruthie said multiplayer. Competitive game. Am I am I wrong? Is it not multiplayer? It, I think it is a multiplayer competitive both. game. With it, a story, it's both. Yeah, it's one, one and two. He okay. pulled, he pulled one over on us. I haven't seen the story part yet. That's because you haven't bought my game. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Now what? I know who I'm talking with. <laughs> what? What a salesman. <laughs> wow. You, Sam, I will buy your game. I will buy. Your I game definitely game. will because I love the thing that I love most about the Switch is that I can have my friends over, put this goofy controller in their hand, and be like, push the A button. And like something happens. So like right. overcooked, it's like you just oh, yeah. walk around and push A button or joggernauts. It's just one button. Stuff like that where I'm like, don't have to explain like, okay, it's Mario Party and there's like a board and now you have to collect coins and you have to click the Simple, stars. Easy. And yeah. I tried to Pick play it with play. my dad over Christmas and it was a nightmare. Really? Oh no. Yeah. It was too complicated. Do you like it though? Do you like Super Mario Party? Um, I think it's too easy, but maybe I'm just... Too good at games. <laughs> Too good at Mario Party. Yeah. I've played them all. Yeah, that's true. What's your favorite Mario Party? 
Um, is it two? I like the first one. Honestly, it's pretty okay. challenging. And I like the fourth one. I own four, yeah, for GameCube, yeah. the first GameCube one. But this isn't a podcast about Mario Party. No, but it, <laughs> it can be. Look, I get Ruthie. really nervous whenever Mario Party is being brought up. Why? Because then it leads to it's just playing Mario exactly, Party. Yeah. I have my Switch. We can play Mario Party. Is this going to be a Mario Party podcast where we just play Mario Party and we talk about like... Here's here's the thing, guys. The like last month and a half of this podcast has been pre-recorded, so I haven't gotten to talk about any games I've been playing, mm. any any recent news. So we have been loading it. We've it's been, been talking, bottled yeah. up. We've yeah, we've been talking about like the the Mad Box, like whatever random console that is. We've been talking about the Soldier Boy console. <laughs> we've been talking oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been talking about Game Awards. We've been talking about all of it. I have played Mario Party. <laughs> I have played Super Mario Party, and I am here to say that Super Mario Party is pretty good. I like the new modes a lot. I haven't played that's, any of the new modes. So that's that's what I could play with my dad. There's a one there's one that's just a, a motion control mode. Is so it's like a rhythm, rhythm game. game. Yeah. Um so that's very easy and like intuitive for someone who's sixty to, for my to, stupid to play. Old man. Um, just shake the controller, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like my mom is the same age, but she's very good at games. But my dad, he's just does has no idea. And then the river rafting game is intuitive because you're r- rowing a raft right so it's it has like a real life analog that he can understand sure that's cool yeah um yeah i mean i just want to bring it up that 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 exists and then i'm gonna bring it up again (laughs) when we get back home and oxen's gonna be like alex is gonna be like what i think you should do a podcast where each episode is just about a single mini game (laughs) how many mini games are there in that game do you know i mean across the whole series oh god it's probably a thousand uh, or something. A minute, probably my, more than a thousand. Mario Party minigame review podcast. Yeah. What was the one? There's there's the luge game in the first one. Remember that one? Uh, it's like Bobtail Blitz. What's yes, it called? Yes. Is that yes. what it's called? Bobsled. Bobsled. I don't know why I said Bobtail. That's like a cat, right? Yeah. Bobcat Gold Swipe <laughs> Blitz. <laughs> Um, I remember that one, and then I remember the toadstool one where you stood on top of the toadstools, and then Toad raised a flag that was a color, and that corresponding yeah. toadstool would fall. Oh, I can almost think of the name of that one, but it's not coming to me. It's fine. I forgive you. Magfest is happening. Yeah. What have you been doing? What have you been doing, Ruthie? Um, today I went to like five panels, which is uh, which is nice. You, I got you a, were on one. I was on one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before that, I was playing. Para para all morning. The coolest thing about MagFest to me is getting up really early and going downstairs and having a whole arcade yeah. to yourself because everyone else is like super hungover. Yeah. And, and they're and on the floor just like cradling themselves. Yeah. So all my roommates were still asleep when I left. And then I went down there and I was playing Para Para, which I didn't, I've never gotten to play because it's always so crowded. It's a, a game like DDR, but you're waving your arms in the air. And it's this like, uh, <laughs> really ridiculous style of Japanese dancing where you're just waving your arms in like a synchronized way. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are like official dances that people perform. Um, and it's just, it's just so cool to see like night of fire is, is a song I've always seen like people doing the dance to, but sure. I've never gotten to do it on para para paradise. <laughs> uh, it was so, so fun and so satisfying. I love it. That's pretty good. Is that the one where like kind of has a connect and you like match the pose? That is a newer game that's kind of an evolution of it. It's called it's called Dance Evolution, but it's 
it's uh adds up. <laughs> that yeah. was a really good sell. But it's it's like kind of a successor to Para Para. I would say Para Para Paradise is it's like a PS one game, so it's old. I see. Yeah. The but thing the, you need to know about Ruthie, um, she loves random ass Japanese arcade games. What was that? You, the train simulator game? Oh god, yeah. Um, Tato something something yeah, something. Yeah, it's Dinshade Go. Yeah, where it's a full replica of the of a Shinkansen train, and, yeah. or not? No, not a Shinkansen train. Just a J train. Just the normal subway and you play as a conductor you play the the conductor and you have to pull into the stations accurately (laughs) open the doors let passengers in and this massive arcade booth with like three big televisions and it comes with a little captain's outfit you can put on while you're in there (laughs) i love stuff like that perfect (laughs) um what was the other one you talked about they don't have that here though you have the sanrio sanrio smash ball one game they have here that I've never seen before is just a game where you try to drum as fast as you can. <laughs> oh, yeah, it. I saw that one. It's is it fun. not Taiko yeah. Drum? Machine? No. Drum Masters? No, it has one function, drum as fast as you can. That's it. Really I'm, simple. I'm down for that. I know. It's like, no matter how good or bad you are, you can play it and sure. get a score. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you did it. You did it. Um, Battletech is back. Battletech Firestorm in the pods, the mech oh, the pods. Oh, yeah, the pods. Yeah. Always a fan of the mech pods. I don't know. I got in one that was really smelly. This one or when we first did it? The first time. Oh, <laughs> bad first impressions. <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing about that is that Tyler was playing with us and Tyler named his pilot Ruthie <laughs> and then just decimated everyone. Yeah. So it's just this tiny little mech named Ruthie just running around the place. That's good. But yeah, we were also on that the Game Jam panel today. Yeah, we had a we had a full house on our panel today. It was awesome. Um yeah, so it was me, Dylan, Will Blanton, Moment and Con. Moment, mm-hmm. who was late. And that was <laughs> man, the entire crowd was into applauding him yeah. coming in Whoa. as the panel started. Yeah. And so that that panel went really, really well. We had a lot of people asking questions about like, well, what do I do? How how do I make sure I don't let my team down? And like really I, I don't know. I felt like they were really in it and it was super entertaining. And then Will's panel was after that and we sang happy birthday to him at the beginning. That's great. And then he said, full disclosure, it's not my birthday. So I have <laughs> no idea why that happened, but that's how it started. I mean, it was his birthday <laughs> a week ago. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess, close enough. Close enough. But yeah. it's, it started with that same sort of hype. Right, I think right, that's right. how you got to do every oh, panel yeah, from yeah. now on. Just so apparently I'm on a panel tomorrow. Playing. Well, I might be on two panels tomorrow. Um, uh, I might be on... Uh, well, I will be on like the superhero... Like if you could have any superhero uh-huh. power, um, what would it be? Because Alan... Somebody dropped out. Well, Al- yeah, I think Alan was needed panelists. And because right now he was flying solo, Alan Brooks. And he, he asked Jeremy Parrish... Um, of Retronauts fame mm-hmm. if he was interested and he was like no I got a bunch of recordings to do and stuff because he's doing what I'm doing and gotta turn every trip into a fucking fucking march death march of recording I love it. welcome to the show thanks for being here but um <laughs> but I was like I'll do it let's fucking let's it's fun talk about it, superpowers. the casual ones are fun you kind of have people like coming and leaving and it's like okay let's just have fun with it and- right and then um because there's no extra credits panel this year, um, 
they needed some something to replace the extra credits panel slot. Mm-hmm. So someone from mages or another mages panelist was like, we're going to do like a mages, you know, Q and a after hours thing that goes from like 1030 at night to like 1:30 at night. What? Yeah. Okay. And it's just, I don't know. Talk to industry insiders, Ruthie. I got some insights for you. Um, there's a staff room and there's snacks in there. Yeah, you got the email. I got the email. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got an email. Oh. You got the email? Yeah, but I never knew that was there. Yeah, I need to go down there. Do they have outlets? That's all I care about. I think, yeah, it's like a, it's one of the little tiny, like the soapbox room, like a little ballroom type okay. thing. I was about to ask you where it is, but maybe we should wait till we're not on mic. Yeah. <laughs> where is it? Yeah, um, when you publish it a week later, people are gonna know where all the snacks are. This, this is going up tomorrow, so I don't want to. I want when people raid the the weekend Eat ma- all mages my snacks. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam, have you gotten a chance to check anything out uh, uh, around yeah. Mivs or elsewhere? Yeah, actually, my friend um, from Kung Fu Kickball just had his arcade cabinet made. At a live panel, that's so oh, wild to me. Wow. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah the previous, the previous people on Amanda and, and their friends were talking about it, and I was like, "What? What?" Because they built it within the span of the panel. Yeah, and then just carted it over to the booth. Well, they didn't actually that's... finish it during the panel. Oh, yeah. Well, how much more work had to be done? Oh, uh, like a um, an hour and a half more work. Oh, yeah. That's well, still really crazy. It was yeah. pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Is it like yeah. a what's what's is it like a Raspberry Pi or like a what's uh, the it's an old PC from Costco, I believe. Okay. Okay. It costs like 150 bucks. All right. Yeah. Oh. I actually yeah. helped him like debug his audio drivers on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Great. Oh, so this was like planned pretty far in advance. Yes. Like, okay. It definitely was. Okay. It's not like we sourced all the parts and then brought them there. Like a lot of it was kind of pre cut. Um, it takes a while to like print out everything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um. So you're you're you know running your own game, your own booth, and then you're helping out with Avaria at all, or are they? Um, I mean, I guess I'm repping them. Right. Um, is that your role at Avaria? Are you like? No, I'm the you... I'm the programmer. Okay. So I'm like the I am the programmer for Avaria. Sure. Um, but recently we just got more helpers to help program, so that's good. So mm-hmm. we're gonna ship the game soon. Oh, good. It's gonna come out. Um, what's actually really amazing is that I'm not the only person uh, repping Avaria by wearing the Avaria hoodie. We've seen random people uh-huh. wearing the Avaria hoodie and the Avaria uh, Kickstarter t-shirt. Oh, cool. Because we're not yeah. selling those. So when I see so someone wearing one, mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, you brought that from home. I was I was really, really proud. That's cool. Yeah. It's got a good, I like the color of the, the hoodie. Oh like yeah, this nice oh, yeah. This is not the Kickstarter blue. one. This is yeah, the yeah, developer I know, one. I, know, I, know, I, know. I got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Official. the Kickstarter one's like a black shirt. With yeah, the, it's the black with one. The white logo. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. That's really cool. I mean, so was Avaria like kind of paying the bills while you worked on Zarvot, or it was paying maybe like <laughs> a fourth of the bills. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Paid some of the bills. Sure. Yeah. And then did you do like contract work outside of that too? Yep. Exactly. So how long was the dev cycle for Zarvat, like all told? Um, I probably started the game like four years ago, like four years from start to finish. Uh-huh. But there was an entire year where I literally didn't even touch the code base. So I guess technically it was like three years, but 
because still you were like, working on other stuff or because like yeah. you were designing it or okay i was doing a lot of stuff like actually i i got really tired of zarvat because i was going to ship it for wii u and then it there, there were a lot of problems with that I, mm -hmm. I only got it running really and then to get it through to like certification and stuff it was just too much mm -hmm. and then i got like a job teaching and i got a job doing avaria and i got a job with like an artist and i was doing like four different things like contract work wise right and then eventually, um, when like the Switch came out, actually, and when I got in contact with Nintendo for that, that was really what like uh, lit a fire underneath me to actually finish the thing. That's really cool. That's really awesome. Who were you talking to over at Nintendo? Were you talking to Kirk or Damien or someone else? Or uh, both of those? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk's awesome. I, I got to talk to him at West. Yeah, Kirk's really cool. Um. Ruthie, got, any, got anything? Any questions? I mean, you're you're the per oh, you're the oh. reason why I know about Zarvat. So I'm like curious, like if you have anything kicking around about about the game. Oh, um, no, but I did want to say I used it as an example in a presentation oh, that really? was about trying to convince people that they can make games. Like, tr there's a lot of people who are really intimidated by game development because they're like, oh, I don't know how to code. Oh, I don't know how to do art. And so, like, your game is very beautiful. <laughs> and this guy doesn't know how to do any of it, so look at this <laughs> no, game. No, you no, you do both of them really elegantly, but you would say you're more of a programmer than an artist. Yes. Right? But the art is very elegant and very beautiful, and it's mostly geometric shapes, right? right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's just done extremely, like, polished, nice, clean way um, without having like super detailed monster art or any of that kind of stuff. So when people think of games, they think of like really complicated artwork, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so I'd, I'd use a gift from your game in a presentation about well, that. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's very sweet of you. Along with like Thomas was alone and... Oh, yeah. These are all the standard ones um, we brought up on the panel too, like that and just beats and, and shapes. Yeah, and like Tetris and yeah. uh, Minecraft and all these other games that are like just squares and stuff where mm -hmm. it's like if the gameplay is compelling and the artwork is like good then you're good to go like mm -hmm. you can a lot of times get away with programmer art or like just yeah what I mean, people would consider programmer art like, i think minecraft is extremely ugly it's a hideous oh. game right? i like the aesthetic no? of minecraft you like it oh, yeah. okay i think i think there's looks, a lot of really cool but things but that's not what's <laughs> fun about it what's fun is the community and building things and all that stuff Sure. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Right, but I find it charming. Like, I really, like, there's something... Charming is what you say when you go to a house and it's, like, kind of ugly and small. <laughs> it's a new word no, that you that's, use. Yeah. That's, no, the word you're thinking of is cute. It has a lot of character. <laughs> 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 it looks no. lived in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. And the, there's a lot of really cool stuff. So, like, all the items in Minecraft, um, like, when, when Notch was working on it, and I feel like you know, a side sidebar notches gross and terrible, but also like when he worked when he worked on the game, um, and he did like the the items, so like the pickaxe. Uh -huh. So the pickaxe is just sprite art that he created a pipeline for that reads the PNG with the sprite art and then extrudes it out mm -hmm. into a three D model. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like that's that, cool. That stuff like <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it. But also I mean I, but also, it's like really jaggedy and blocky, and the colors are super basic, like MS Paint palette. You know, well, like it's okay. it's kind of a weird looking game. It's, yeah, but I don't know. There's something. It's not garish. 
Like if it were garish, it would drive me insane. But there's something like I don't think like like the MS Paint palette has a lot of garish colors like that neon green with the neon blue like those wouldn't go together but like if you look at a sunset in minecraft like it's legitimately beautiful i don't know if i've ever seen a sunset in minecraft you've never (laughs) sat there on your seaside castle that you've built and stared at the sun setting and then wept ruthie you've never wept what (laughs) i like minecraft (laughs) But I understand. I understand. I totally yeah, no. understand. I mean, I've, I have friends that are like, if if a game has pixel art, like that's that's an ugly game. Like, no matter what oh, what style of pixel art is. That's a bad opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm saying that, that's like, so it's still an opinion people have. And I'm not saying that, like, and you think the same thing. But I, I think, I don't know, a lot of that, a lot of, like, artistic stuff, it really just comes down to, like, personal experiences and, like, what what you derive out of it so like things that are like super slick and super stylish i find really agitating so mm-hmm. like when people freak out about like you know baby driver or mm-hmm. x y or z or drive or something the, the bisexual palette as we've been talking about a lot on the are you familiar with the, the terminology so like the blues and oranges and purples that have been in a lot of films like okay. mad max and drive and all that stuff it's someone has been calling it the bisexual palette <laughs> okay Um, okay (laughs) sure i find that stuff kind of grating like Mm. at certain Mm -hmm. points into the spider-verse i found it grating because it was no longer trying to communicate a feeling it was just saying look how impressive we are yeah i could see that but i'm also like the horrible type of gamer that's like i don't really care what it looks like as long as it's fun if you could take away all the graphics the story the text everything about it and it's still fun that's the kind of game that I like. You see, I'm different. I, I don't care how fun it is as long as it has a good story. Mm. Mm. That's a bad Up to opinion. a certain point. That's a bad <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, come on. Why don't you just read a book or something? Why do that when I can interact with the book? You, yeah, but what you if do it's interact linear? With books. It's like a book where you have to press A to turn the page. Yeah, but there's there's something to that. <laughs> wow. Wow. I think you need an ebook. <laughs> Ooh, you do press a button. Click on the yeah, Kindle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next page. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to this uh, art games and art panel this morning that was done by some people from the Smithsonian, though they couldn't say they were from the Smithsonian because of the furlough. Yeah. Um, but they mentioned Bubsy3D.com uh-huh. in their presentation, and uh-huh. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. put that in a museum right now. I'm ready to see it. Uh, have you played um, Donut County? Speaking of, yeah, I did. Bubsy 3D and then Arcane Kids and then. Does that connect to Arcane Kids? Yeah, um, ben, I keep fucking blanking on his name. Do you know Esposito? Ben yeah. Esposito is yeah. part of Arcane Kids. Oh, I didn't know that at all. Oh, yep, that's yep, yep. sick. Yep. Yeah, actually, I met him in uh, L.A. like a couple weeks ago. Why were you in L.A.? Uh, I Sam, was, <laughs> I was working on an art project. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sorry. It was <laughs> the, the, the aggressiveness was a joke and then I saw in your eyes that it didn't I was scared. Yeah. So I was trying to back off. Um that's cool. Yeah, I would love to talk to him. He seems like a, a really cool dude. Yeah, he's a really uh he's a really cute guy. <laughs> I mean he the way he acts, you know, it's uh he's very adorable. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. I mean a lot of the arcane kids slash glitch city people like Teddy Deef is yeah, he's pretty adorable. He's a, yeah. Yes, he is a very adorable, uh-huh. sweet yeah, human he's being. Pretty cool. Um, oh, uh, I, I I got to talk to uh, Brendan Chung. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. That's Blendo, right? Blendo Games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's like he's he's so sparkly. He's he's my favorite. <laughs> Is he based out of L.A.? Yeah, he's oh, an L.A. native. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, are you familiar with Blendo? 30, no, I'm 30 not. Flights of Loving, Quadrilateral Cowboy, Gravity Bone, Gravity Flotilla. Bone. Skin, These sound skin right deep, up my alley, deep. but I have no idea what you're talking about. This guy's amazing. Yeah, he, he does a lot of like vignette games. So like Thirty Fi- Flights of Loving is basically a game about smash cuts. So, oh, okay. So they're like vignettes, okay. yeah. That smash cut into other vignettes, okay. and like that's kind of like the the aesthetic that you're looking at. Um, uh, there's also a mode in Thirty Flights of Loving that turns every character into Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> and then when you go up <laughs> to them, they go, hmm, hmm, <laughs> 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 and then Quadrilateral Cowboy is like this weird like hacker like programming teaching tool thing, uh, and then Skin Deep is like this first person shooter that he's making that's like a send up of like action movies and a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's uh it's like Die Hard in right. space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um cool. he makes very very interesting games. I like that. More people need to be making like art games and weird games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Cuz I feel like people like Ben Esposito and and Brandon Chung, they 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 make a certain type of art game that appeals to people like like jazz punk. Yeah. is like oh, kind yeah, of an yeah, art yeah. game. But yeah. like wrapped around like this very f- humorous story or story, quote unquote, and with like a bunch of like, you know, slapstick and non sequitur stuff. Um, and like that's I feel like there's a certain type of art game that people find appealing. Um, and then there are certain types of art games that are just like, all right, well, this is just like an art installation or just like kind of like an yeah. interactable art thing that reminded me of um david o'reilly who made everything mm-hmm. um oh, yeah. he had a game called mountain that came right. out before that yeah. he just pushed an update to that really? i have no idea why <laughs> yes. what does it do you um know? It, he like completely rewrote the game it's in like it <laughs> it's in like a higher definition and there's um, 4k mountain yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 60 <laughs> yeah. fps <laughs> I have no idea why you would push an update to like an old game that had mostly bad reviews because people <laughs> didn't get it. People don't like art. Right. I mean, that's sure just how it works. Well, they don't like, like art until they think they do like art. Well, they say it's like not a game. That was the problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which is what art games like constantly run into. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with art games as long as like it's like trying to say something, but like yeah. a lot of art games run the risk of being like a lot of postmodernist art where it's just like i feel like you're trying too hard like this is more just about like you than the work yeah and it depends on the context too i was looking at the steam reviews for mountain and they're like abysmal but if you look at the reviews on like well it's got 10 out of 10 from artgamewebsite.com sure and even the like iphone reviews are much better so it's like the steam reviews are just People who are expecting it to be something. That's the advice. Of the context. That's the advice Adam Saltzman gave to Sam um, about Silent Earth, is that because Sam was like, "How do I like? How do I market mm-hmm. my game? Or how do like? How do I hit this? Because you know, I need to get on the iOS App Store and I need to be featured, and like that's mm-hmm. the big thing. And he's like, go after, like you said, art publications. Yeah. Like, if you go after art publications, especially on mobile, like they are super like excited to like showcase that stuff he also asked that they also had that conversation while we were running in the morning and i wanted to die (laughs) because i'm just running behind them like (sighs) 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 like how are you having a conversation right now 
I just went to this other panel, another panel on um, this one was more about like how to take art and make it into a game. So they had taken like Don Quixote and turned it into a card game and they had taken um, Lisitsky and turned it into a video game Mm -hmm. and trying to encapsulate not only like the visuals of the art, but like, oh, how do you capture the October Revolution in the art and in the game all at once? Um, And they had recommended applying for grants from the NEA and the NH, the National Humanities Foundation or whatever it's called and, and all these other associations. And I was like, why have I never thought to do that? Somebody's got to yeah. give me money for my stupid, awful games. Yeah, I think about that constantly, like especially with like whatever the Virginia equivalent of the National yeah, Endowment of the Arts has, is. Yeah, VMFA has stuff too and Tyler got a grant one time oh, for, yeah? for game stuff, yeah. Um, was it for their VR project, the one you mm-hmm. did with Moment? So I um, or not that one for the evolution one. Oh okay. Yeah. And like I uh, so Alan Brooks, who I went to dinner with, he um, uh, he used to work at the Kennedy Center, and they did just that exact same thing where it's like, okay, we're gonna do Romeo and Juliet, but as a LARPing thing, or we're going mm. to do um, uh, Lord of the Flies, but as like a D and D like campaign. Cool, cool. Um, and like like you said, like reinterpreting like art like literature or different types mm-hmm. of art into something that's interactive and playable. Yeah. We got to get some grants, man. Well, can I get that? Can I get that Skrilla? I have an idea, but I'm not going to share it. Smart. Smart. <laughs> Ruthie's thinking. Ruthie's I got to write my grant proposal first. I think the U S is especially bad for oh, these yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. Well, I mean like there are pockets of it, but like a, like a very good example was like, um, uh, you know, 36, 38 studios with uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. Like, they got a huge, like, grant from the state of Rhode Island. That was a huge, like... Yeah, it was a big deal. It was, like... like. I mean, that was, like, a really shady deal. Oh, was it? It was a super shady deal. I wasn't... I wasn't... Yeah. I didn't know about the specifics. Yeah. Uh, somebody I knew uh, gave me all the details on why shady... How shady that was. And the reason... Uh, long story short, pretty much the entire uh, government of Rhode Island was very incestuous with all their money. Right. And it it was like a pro baseball player or something. Oh, yeah. Kurt just, Schilling owned yeah. 38 studios and then they bought big, huge games. Right. With the plans of taking Kingdom of Amalur, Reckoning, which was going to be like their console release of, this, of their action RPG game. And then they were working on Project Copernicus, which was the MMO in the same universe. Um, but this was like, that was a big deal. Well, it was a big deal because like, that's still when people were like, oh, wow's making a lot of money. We can make an MMO. And then after that fad died, people were like, oh, uh, league's making a lot of money. We can make a MOBA. And then now I'm sure it's going to be like, oh, Fortnite's Fortnite. making a lot of money. We can make a battle royale. Hey, but- don't. Don't spread my idea. <laughs> so Zarvat Battle Royale, 100 cubes, parachute onto an island. NDA. <laughs> I'm working with Epic right now. <laughs> Gotta get the ink on the paper. Seal the deal. But yeah, no, I didn't. I, I Now that you're saying that, yeah, you're right. It does. Um, yeah. Uh, now the Canadian government, on the other hand. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, oh, like man. the thing is, like the thing with like, because the 38 Studios thing went so south, it poisons the well for everyone else. Because like any state government's not gonna be, they're gonna be like, we're not giving this studio like a shit ton of money. Look what yeah. happened to Rhode Island. My plan B is that Portugal gives startup grants uh-huh. to people, and you get like an accelerated visa. Okay. 
You learn Portuguese and yep. move to Portugal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. They I think get, that's the plan just B. Give you like ten thousand bucks and you get to live on the beautiful ocean or whatever. Okay. Okay. Is ten thousand dollars enough to live on the beautiful ocean or whatever? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That doesn't sound like a lot of money for me. Then I'll move back. Is that illegal? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, take the money and run. I mean, France was doing that too. Like when Macron got elected, they were like, "We'll take your scientists. We'll take you know because Trump doesn't give a shit." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this um, was specifically for businesses to do startup stuff. So yeah, I think Macron was also doing that. The French government was also like, "But I wouldn't want to go to France right now because people seem not happy." With what's going on there, the new tax they passed and everything, the new uh, carbon tax. I've just been playing DDR for like two days straight. So, <laughs> so don't, I, know. <laughs> don't know. Fair enough. Um, anything else? Anything else you've been checking out? Um, Big Brigade was last night, and that was amazing. Yeah, I stepped into the concert hall, watched it, a little bit of it. The beginning of it was really, really cool because the they were playing Mega Man 2. Right. And they had the original composer for Mega Man 2 there. Right. Um, I don't know. Takeshi something. Anyway, he came on stage and he said, um, and he had a translator with him and he's like, Arigato! And then he's like bowing and stuff. And then he said, um, you know, thank you for having me here. I've only ever seen this on YouTube. And so it was like really cool moment for him to finally connect with Bit Brigade. And, and That's really I cool. guess he watched the show. I didn't see where he went. But I like those guys. Yeah. I should try to get him on a show when they're next in Richmond. Because they come up to Richmond like so much. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're based out of Georgia, which is why. Oh, okay. Um, I've I've seen them like five times now. I've seen the Mega Man one twice. Yeah, because we saw it two years ago. Mm-hmm. They did that and they did Ducktales. Woo hoo. Woo. Yeah. Um. Did 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 the composer play an instrument? No. Okay, so he was just like. I mean, I assume he there. composed it in like a MIDI chip tracker, yeah. yeah, thing. So. Okay, I didn't know. So he was just there for moral support. Yeah, he just came out. He was doing a panel today too. Oh, that's cool. I think that's cool. Has anyone ever checked out the Mega Manathon slash no. know where the <laughs> hell it is? I or, think it's near the land party, oh, okay. which is like the hallway I never go down. Okay. Is that Have like you ever been the... in the land hall? No. Have you ever been in the land hall? I've only peeked in. It's nuts. It's huge. It's like as big as the. The concert oh, hall. Dang. Yeah. People constantly ask, like, why are people carrying computers around? I'm like, it's because they're it's And it's lame. completely silent in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. And it's full of people at their computers with their headphones on playing games against each other. It's wild. I'm like It's incredible. Why? Well, I mean, think about it. The like, Matrix. If if you you know, if your favorite game is Quake or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or whatever. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of like right, another... And it only has LAN. It doesn't yeah, it only have... has LAN support. Yeah. Then every... You're going to take every opportunity you can find and go yeah. to a place, bring your PC, and yeah, hook it up. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Just like the, the pinball tournament is like a couple hundred old dudes who only play pinball. Smoking they, cigarettes. They <laughs> put in uh, earplugs to go through anywhere else, and that's all they do is play pinball. Right. It's like California Extreme. Um, which is similar to MAGFest, but only arcade and pinball, mm. um, which also sounds like a really cool thing. But that one, like, you know, trades on like, oh, you're only going to get, you know, the a you're, you're going to find the rare shit here because this collector is taking his 
oh yeah weird yeah, yeah. arcade game out of his storage and he's going to bring it here and then afterwards he's going to take it and put it right back in his storage unit like um are you familiar with baby pac-man I, no. I didn't know there was a baby Pac-Man. <laughs> there's a, well, there's a, there's Pac-Man Jr. or Junior Pac-Man, right? I don't know. All right, so there's Junior Pac-Man. <laughs> I don't know the family so tree. So Pac-Man. <laughs> yes, you do. It's Neander Pac. Um, so Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Junior Pac-Man, and there's Baby Pac-Man. The thing about Baby Pac-Man, it's a hybrid Pac-Man arcade cabinet and pinball machine. Ooh. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so I'm interested. into that. So you're both playing pinball and playing Pac-Man. <laughs> so, wrap your head around that. I love that. I was playing a pinball uh, machine today that was a Family Guy one. I thought, oh, this is going to be stupid. But if you... If Low you, ass. Yeah. <laughs> if you light up the Stewie thing, there's a tiny pinball machine in the pinball machine oh, that whoa. plays like mini pinball. And it That's has really this cool. tiny little, like almost like a ball bearing. It's like really small and just flying all over the place. And it's so fun. Do you still control the bumpers? In yeah. That? The, the tiny with bumpers. The same, with the same buttons on, yeah, as the regular buttons? Yeah, the buttons, buttons switch over to that one. Oh, oh, so the regular pinball stops. Yeah. And then you play and that. You play the tiny pinball. Wow. That's like some recursive yeah. pinball going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just an even tinier pinball. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the point, it's just like, it's a pinball machine that's just like shooting an atom. <laughs> an atom bouncing around. There is, there is one where it goes into an alternate dimension. It's really, really cool. I don't remember the name of it, but it's uh, it's sort of like a Twilight Zone spacey kind of theme. Sure. And then you're playing the game, and if you shoot it in this hole, it goes into this upside down part in the underneath the table somehow a panel lights up and you can see what's underneath Whoa. there. Whoa. Um, That's cool. And it's all mirrored. but it So it looks like it's anti-gravity, like the ball's being drawn upward. Oh. It's really weird. Is that here? They had it last year. I haven't seen it here, but it might be. I remember seeing that really old, uh, like from the 70s. It was like an amazing Spider-Man cabinet art yeah. pinball machine. That was really cool. There's one called the Hercules. Ah, where the, <laughs> yes. I love Hercules. The giant pinball cabinet where the pinball is like a cue ball like yeah. from a pool table. <laughs> so it's these huge paddles that go like whomp. You have to Whoa. play it like it's, with it's your arms really, really, spread out. It's about as wide as this double bed yeah. or queen bed, whatever size bed. It's that not is. that wide. <laughs> it's pretty dang It's like big. half the... It's like it's it's wide. Like you would have to reach your arms out, but it's not like yeah. I can't reach <laughs> both ends not, of this. I'm bed. probably being hyperbolic, but it's really really <laughs> it's big. As big as the state of Virginia. <laughs> it's, it's a bowling ball. <laughs> oh God! Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you tilted that? That sounds like something that would be on Ellen DeGeneres' show. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Fallon walks out. All right, we're gonna play human pinball. And doesn't doesn't he do like a bowling thing? Wasn't there a human pinball on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sure. <laughs> you know, the only episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark I remember is basically... The Sandman? De- no, it oh. was the one that's basically Death Note, where the guy ha- got a um, like mystic notebook pencil and eraser, and whenever he wrote in the notebook oh, and, then, and then erased, it would disappear forever. And so there's a scene where he tells his sister this, and his sister's like, you're lying, and then he writes, my sister's underpants, and then erases it. <laughs> That's and then so she's, gross. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then she, and then she like pisses him off really bad at some point. So he erases her, and then he feels guilty over it. So then he erases himself, 
and he finds out what actually happens when things are erased out of the book is that they're teleported to like this pocket dimension and it's basically like a giant like like abandoned clothing store or something it's just it's just <laughs> racks it's just racks and racks of shit that just stretch on forever and it's just whatever like, set they could get really cheap yeah <laughs> and i think there's like an old guy there like that's like the knight at the end of last crusade that's like the the keeper of the the abandoned shit that's the only episode of are you afraid of the dark that i remember <laughs> I got to watch the pinball one again before I go back <laughs> downstairs. It's called The Tale of the Pinball Wizard. Of course. Of course. So, well. I'm just going to watch this. You guys have fun on the podcast. <laughs> I was going to make a, a... Never mind. Doesn't matter. We've been making a lot of pinball wizard jokes on this podcast because Alex keeps forgetting we keep making them. So I go... He's like, yeah, I went to New York. And I'm like, oh, did you go to Soho? And he's like, no. And I'm like, did you go to Brighton? And he's like, no. So like, did you get, did you play any pinball between Soho and Brighton? <laughs> he's still not catching on. Um, but yeah. I bet it's a great episode, Ruthie. God, I got to watch it now. Okay, I'm going to put that away. Save it for later. Let me watch it together. Okay. Comment on it. MST, MST, I'm pretty sure they're in a giant pinball machine trying not to get mauled by a huge pinball is the pinball alive or is it just gonna roll them over i, I don't remember <laughs> yeah i haven't seen it since like 1992 yeah yeah <laughs> the show was legitimately scary as a kid yeah that was a scary oh, yeah. show i don't know why that was allowed to like be on network television well, it did come on at like 10 o'clock which is very late yeah should have gone to bed by then <laughs> Dylan. um Cool. Is there anything else? Anything else anyone's doing? Anyone's excited about? Any any games? Any any concerts? It's it is music and games festival. Um, my friend was super excited for this Japanese girl chiptune musician. Okay. Wait. Tomorrow night. Okay. Who is that? Do you know I don't know, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> I guess that's not the same thing as the chiptune rave or whatever it's called. No, it's a it's an artist. Okay. Yeah. She's an artist. She's an artiste. Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, cool. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their MAGFest. Um, Sam, hope you enjoy showing off Zaravat and helping show off Avaria. I hope so, too. And I guess I'll see you at PAX South. I'll see you at PAX South. In two weeks. You uh, should see him at the booth to play the game. Yeah. I'll, no, yeah, I'm going to play. Yeah, I'm going to play a game. I'm going to play a okay. game. Yeah, just making yeah. sure. You could just, you could also just buy it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And or play it at home. my buddy Sam... <laughs> That would be could easier. Give me a key. That would be way easier. Yeah. I could give you a key for $20. That's a good deal. You know what? Done. Actually, <laughs> I should check the Switch. It might be on sale. <laughs> uh, Zarvat, it's on Switch. And what else? And it's coming to Steam. It's coming to Steam. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I just put the Steam page up like literally two days ago. Cool. To show wish list it. Out of curiosity, I've, you've been seeing a lot of, we've been seeing a lot of devs doing the Steam and pc and and switch release what what's your why do you think that is well pc because you're already making it on pc so you can ship it and then switch because everybody thinks the switch is the gold mine right now and everyone wants to make money right it's also a really good console it's my favorite console i love it i love my switch yeah i do too i mean if you have a multiplayer game there's like nothing else that's easier anytime i want to use my playstation it has to like sync all the controllers and it's just like a huge pain in the butt 
the switch is just like it's on it's ready it's portable it's so cool i love it (laughs) (laughs) awesome well sam ruthie thank you for coming on this is great thank you for having us (laughs) (laughs) you're quite welcome um sam where can people find you Uh, this is where you plug your Zarbot. social media. There, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At Snow Hydra. Or SnowHydra.com. Okay. Yeah. Either cool. of those. Awesome. Uh, Ruthie? Um, I'm at Ruthie underscore Edwards or Ruthie's website.com. Awesome. And if you like this podcast, you can find it at Ward-Games.com or on Twitter at Ward Video Games or you can find it on your podcast app Player of Choice, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, et cetera, et cetera. Um, give us a review. We greatly appreciate it. Let us know what you think. And um, that's it for night two of our MAGFest podcast. Stay tuned for night three where we'll be having some more guests, some more talks, some more awesome people.